Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Previously on the Simply Human podcast. Any number of things that you experienced stressfully at some point in your life, you are much more likely to experience those stressfully again in the future. We know this. And so um, what dovetails with this nicely is the amygdala is so fascinating. Like it, the brain itself is so fast. I mean, yes. we're so lucky we have brains. Um, I but Rick the- It's episode 130 of the Simple Human podcast with your host, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is the return of Kevin Geary of the Rebooted Body, and then it is humans being human and the engagement toot story. <laughs> and we're up over there simply with tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So... I had a friend. He's been on the show. We re- Liar! We, re- <laughs> we reference him often. I'm your only friend. Everyone knows this. <laughs> I have a friend. His name is Rick. That is all. Um, so our good friend Blake Lewis. Yes. Um, he did something and then we need to discuss. Hmm. At I'm sure he'd appreciate being discussed on yeah, the podcast. I, he doesn't listen. Um, he, oh, well, that's a good reason to betray his confidence. <laughs> hey, he'll never know, so F him. <laughs> no, uh, it's not like a secret anymore. Um, so here's what happened. Uh, it, on June 4th of 2016. So that's right now, this is the 6th, so just two days ago. Yeah. He received a text notification around 8 p.m. P.m. And he was struck with horror because on June 4th, 2006... Horror. Horror. No, horror. You need to be overly pronouncing that. My grandma used to say... Horror! An old old lady thing was to say, like, like horrors. Like, Mm. that's terrible. Like, it's an old Southern thing. Like, horrors. You know, but she would go, horrors. That's like how she would say it. Oh, hard. We should all be saying it like they do on uh, Sopranos and just call them hooahs. Hooahs. 
Anyways, um, okay. Back to so horror talk. He was struck with horror because on June 4th, 2006, he married his wife. Oh, no. How many years is that, Rick? That's 10, buddy. He completely forgot. Okay, uh, get out your bleeping tool. Are you <laughs> Like, is that, like, that's something from, like, a sitcom in the 70s. Like, that's not real, is it? I don't know. He's... People don't do that. And if you're going to forget one, yeah. God, forget... let it be, like, eight, some spare, like, 13 14, or 17, yeah, 50. Like, you kind of have, and my wife is not a very high-maintenance lady, like, uh, a lot of times, like on Valentine's Day, we're like, hey, nothing. We're not doing anything. Right. Okay, sounds Thank good. God. Like, I'll get her a card and some flowers. But, like, uh, that's something. You know, but but we don't do, like, uh, we don't, big. we're busy. We got stuff to do. Yeah. But even on our 10th, like, I kind of broke out the big guns and we took an out of town trip right. and had my parents watch the kids. And we, I took her to Abilene of all places, but mm. that's where we met. And so that's why it was a special Talk place. And we slow. kind of did like a driving tour of like all the places that she and I used to, to go get to the, and get hang in the out, back so. seat of their car and have uh, premarital sex. Is that, is that what, is that what you did? I didn't have a back seat to the car. I had a pickup truck, Mark. <laughs> so you got in the bed of the truck. So am I like, to... uh, I, I can't imagine like, Oh man. Yeah. So how did he get out of this one? I don't know if he's out of it yet. Um, so he's sleeping on your couch. Well, I, the first thing I said was, you can you you can always have my couch if you need it. Um, so, yeah, it was like, okay, uh, now the tenure is kind of a big one anyway, right? Yeah. Like you just mentioned, you did something special. Like uh, Jen and I were in St. Lucia for our tenure. Whoa. Yeah. Um, another Judy friend, Vivaldi music. Yeah, another another friend of ours, their tenure was like uh, in the spring, and they went on a we cruise. We went to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> in our Rolls Royce um, shuttle, space shuttle. Not a yeah, we we got a car. You can't couldn't drive a car to outer space. Okay, idiot. Um, so, uh, so now not only does he have to do the big tenure thing, now he has to increase it even more uh yeah to to like make up for it so oh i just i'm so can i bring something up yes what are we doing with that like why does it really matter like should it matter like this is the day that such a like okay see this is why i was hoping you would you would where you would take this like can't you just okay can you just celebrate uh, your happy marriage on a day-to-day basis yeah. and be and you know, hey, I know we've only been married for eleven years and two months and four days, but I love you. Like, can't we do that? Like, are we not putting too much importance? When did that on, become a thing? I don't know, but like, I don't know. Maybe like, and I only have a birthday every four years. I don't really get all that super jazz stuff about people like doing stuff on my birthday. I don't really care. Yeah. I don't take the day off of work. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not looking forward to anything. Uh, why are we, can society, can we progress beyond like, oh my God, you didn't do this well, on this day. You know what you I idiot. think? You know what I think it is? What's driving it is Facebook, right? Because people want to post Could be. about. There, you know, it's like the whole anniversary. Can I be, can I, I'd like to say uh, I did a bold experiment this year, and it worked out in my favor. On our 11th anniversary, which is April 1st, 
April Fool's Day. (laughs) Uh, I didn't post anything about our anniversary. Nothing, nothing at all. Not even something simple like to her, like, happy anniversary, babe. I never, I've never. By the way, I'm not the kind of guy that can call his wife babe. I feel like you have to be like a much different person than I am to get away (laughs) with that. But uh, like you have to have a lot of shirts that don't button all the way to the top. I feel like and maybe some chest hair. But uh, I posted nothing. And you know what? Didn't get in trouble from yeah. her. And I think she and I are on the same page with most of this. Like, hey, we don't uh, we don't need to do you know any of that, do we? Yeah. See, okay, so I I think like you know the, the multiple the, the tens are can, you can do something to tens, the twenties, the thirties, the forties. Man, I hope Jen doesn't listen to this. But it's like you know when did it become like here's another example. When did like. I feel sorry for any man who is like asking his. And this is a humans being human uh, segue, even though it's way down the line. But like, it's a, it's an engagement story. Like, even in our in our day, you didn't like you didn't you could just say, "Hey, will you marry me?" And there's a ring. Now you have to like have a hire like a photographer and a videographer. Really? Is that how they're doing it? Oh, now? it's like you have to do like the most crazy thing, and then all the people have to be there, and you have to have like. You know, like a, a fireworks display spelling out, will you marry God. me? It's like, like the I most... can't remember most of mine, how we got engaged, but it was over, uh, it was on the beach over like bottles of Bud Light. <laughs> like yeah, that's how, and I pulled the ring out of my pocket and I said something to the effect of, so you want to do this or not? Something <laughs> like it wasn't any for grand your, romantic gesture. It was very much me, but. Yeah. So I, uh, there was no, yeah, it's just that we, we have we really all need to get over some of this stuff. And I think, I think I've come up with an idea okay. for busy people. You and your wife are very busy. You have children. You both have jobs. Me and my wife are both busy. We have children and jobs and school and yada, yada. I think the, let's go out on your birthday. Let's go out on the anniversary. Let's do something special. All it is, is just a, let's mark this day and reserve this day to go do something we want to do. Why don't we yeah. just, okay. Go. Why don't you just arbitrarily go out to dinner some other night? Why does it have to be for me on April 1st right. or May 25th, her birthday? Yeah, well, one of the things that we've done in the past is that our our daughter's birthday is December 27th. Our anniversary is the 28th. And then, of course— Man, she got screwed. Right. Well, then, of course, Christmas is like She gets right the there. dual birthday Christmas. Yeah, Man, what yeah. a raw deal. Well, so what we used to do—or I guess we still kind of do it. So if we're going to do like a big anniversary something, we'll do it like in March. And that's more of like—it's more— <laughs> For me, it's more of like a business decision because, like, we, you know, it's like you spend all this money on Christmas and you're traveling and there's all this stuff going on. You're like, can we just, can we just wait and do it like in the spring when there's nothing going on? Man, that is a much better idea because yeah. you have all of your things are clustered right around yeah. the end of the year. Well, my half and you're birthday. You're just trying to get everything squeezed in, and you basically only have two weeks to do it. Yeah. So yeah, you've got Christmas Eve, Christmas, my half birthday. Okay, oh. hey, stop. What? Yeah. You don't celebrate your half birthday? Yeah. No, Mark, because I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I don't celebrate my half okay, birthday. Okay, I thought you were being oh, legitimately serious. No. <laughs> and I was going to say, All right, rip the eye rip the earbuds out of my ear and be like, You're on your own, pal. Or you're like, All right, Galliet are gonna start a podcast. You're like, Well, I'll not morons. I'll see you I'll see you in two I'll see you in two hours and you just like show up my front door and just punch me around right the face. <laughs> So what is Blake planning on doing? Has he done anything yet? So they are going to go out. He's going to have to like rent advertising on like uh, the Golden State Warriors jerseys (laughs) during the finals or something, right? Well, so his plan is they're going out 
like to on, what? Oh, wait, like what, to, what? just a dinner and a movie or no, 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 an overnight deal somewhere within driving distance is what he said. And then they're going to do like a some oh, other no, kind of Blake. trip later on. But like, so there's a, they just moved, and there's some other extenuating circumstances which you could technically you could defend him somewhat. Uh, and I feel bad that I should have reminded him. I'm the date guy. No, I, no, 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 no. You do not need to do that. Okay. No. It's kind of like you uh, texting me the day of my wife's birthday. Don't forget to tell Anna I have a birthday. I'm like, yeah, Mark. No, it's my Dang wife. It's it. her birthday. I got it. I'm on top of things. <laughs> um, did y'all enjoy your Red Lobster? We haven't gone yet. Um, <laughs> you are an idiot, and I love you. Mark got me and my wife a Red Lobster gift certificate. It's kind of that's a joke, our favorite yeah. Restaurant. But it's like I mean, we, we we reference Red Lobster all the time. It's like not even on the show, just me and you, just because that's where we always yes. used to go. And I know that's your favorite. So anytime there's like, it was a duel. It was it was Anna's birthday, and then you found out about some cool thing at work, and and yeah, that's, yeah. and that's what I was uh, I was commemorating. You probably didn't even tell Anna that, that was for her birthday. No, I just took a screenshot of the email notification that said that had the note from you. Okay, happy birthday, Anna, and congratulations. Okay, okay. I well, sent that to her. Okay, well, and she texted back, "What an effing idiot." <laughs> 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 well, I know that you will enjoy. Uh, and what's your funny about lobster. the Red Lobster bit is it like that's a bit that we've been doing right. for ten years. Oh, like, more oh, than, well, more than ten fancy years. people, let's go to the fanciest restaurant we know of, Red Lobster. <laughs> but we, there's a little truth to it. We yeah. both like eating you a Red Lobster. It. Yeah. Like it's not, uh, we don't go there and we're like choking down the food. Like, oh, this, this is bit is so worth this terrible food. Like, we'll go and we'll eat it and we'll enjoy it. So uh, we appreciate your kindness and your generosity. And I am not. Being hyperbolic here, you might be the most generous person I know. So thank you very much. Well, let me tell you about someone being thoughtful to me. How about this? I uh, another guy, the guy that was in when on the cruise I mentioned earlier. Um, he's in the barbershop quartet, so he's also a huge nerd. Um, <laughs> but, but he's a way better singer than me. But anyway, we're we actually sang at a wedding. Uh, on boom, Friday, boom, boom, boom. we sang <laughs> "Baby on Boat." <laughs> we, we, we sang at a wedding on uh, Friday. Not a, we didn't sing barbershop music. We sang like a church song, uh, you know. Okay, 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 okay. okay. That's that was my next question. So, like, I'm I went, sorry. I went. Over, who got married and had it signed off that? <laughs> hey, we're gonna have this bad A barbershop contest and really bore everyone to death. <laughs> They're going to suck the life right out of this room. It's going to be hilarious. Oh, we actually, well, you know, I was going to say something else, but I'm not. Um, so I'm, I was kind of in a hurry. I got home from work and I didn't really have a whole lot of time to change. And I, I'm like texting Craig. I'm like, cause we were going to carpool out to this, you know, it was out in Clyde, you know, where that is. And, um, and so Are I, you te- all going to ride in the Honda fit and get out and do your barbershop quartet. Uh, I don't have a Honda fit, sir. <laughs> Thank you. It was destroyed. It was destroyed by pea-sized hail. <laughs> We're going along. Continue your story. Yeah. So I texted him, man. Like I had to leave in a hurry. I'm I'm super thirsty. I've got my, the pants on that I didn't want to wear these pants, and I'm I'm hungry. And I was texting him all this stuff, just kind of like joking, complaining, but still like I was really thirsty. He brought me out to the car a a big glass of ice water. Isn't that sweet? Wasn't that you nice? probably didn't want to hear you piss and moan during your gig about how yeah. tired you are and how thirsty you well, are. Well, I thought it'd be... Also, like, uh, kind of have to have my like, non-dry mouth to sing 
songs, right? Right, right, yeah. So I thought that was very I think powerful. it's really he's just looking out for himself. He didn't want to be embarrassed by you and your <laughs> ridiculous idiocy. Right. Um, okay, well, so there's that. Forgetting the 10-year anniversary, I I won't Well, Blake, Blake, my prayers are with you, pal. Yeah. Like, I don't... Uh, well, Jen, I don't envy your position. Well, and my, as like, I want to say this: it's like low key as my wife is about all. Like, she and I are very much on the same page with most of that. Uh, like, our wedding uh, probably cost about three hundred dollars total. Like, that's a good example. Uh, if I would have forgotten, like, we had a big, 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 big fight over uh, when I I I ran my marathon. I that to the rag montage, and it was actually supposed to be on the weekend of our tenth anniversary because I was going to run one that was. Uh, in the city that yeah, I work in, uh, and about a, about six weeks beforehand, she basically got really pissed and finally like uh, pulled the curtain back. It's like I'm really mad that you're doing this over our anniversary weekend. And I was like, what? but well, it's yeah. just on one day. We'll figure it out. But so I canceled that one and registered for a different one like two weeks later. So even as low key as my wife is, she was real bent out of shape that like I was going to be spending four hours. Let's see, running a mar- running. running a marathon, uh, uh, an hour and forty five minutes. Uh, <laughs> Get running it. a marathon. You're running a marathon. Lightning uh, speed. Oh, world record. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the, yep. I, I was going to go out and set the world record. And I, <laughs> she wouldn't let I, you do it. Yeah. yeah, she wouldn't let me do it. So, yeah, yeah. That's Maybe this is a men are from Mars, women are from Venus yes. thing. I would not give two rats A's if uh, she forgot some important date to me. I really wouldn't. Man, I just, I just texted that to my wife. I don't think I would. I just texted men are from Mars dot 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 to my wife. We were like arguing about something. And she responded with a picture of her middle finger. <laughs> well, you'll just real quick. So we periscoped a barbershop uh, practice the other. Day. I meant to do it. No, on, all right, that's enough. Hold on. That's it. Listen, no more. I meant to do it on the Key City Sound Periscope, but I did it on the Simply Human Periscope, and and I don't know. It, it may not be there. Actually, you know what? It might still be there. If you go on my Periscope and watch it, there's a there's a guy that just like he. The, for a, a few minutes there, all he's doing is just like posting middle finger emoticons. Like, <laughs> and like, I, I didn't know, I didn't know, like, I, you know, it's somebody that I didn't know. I figured it was Lonnie or something, you know, but like, uh, it, uh, it was just some guy just like giving us the bird like over and over and over and over, like six birds and one message. But, um, okay. Kevin Geary, let's get to our interview with Kevin. He's been on the show before, <laughs> way long time ago, but we had him back on. Had a really good conversation with Kevin. But before we get there, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Follow me on Instagram, Periscope, Twitter, and Snapchat at simplyhuman52. Email us at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com, or you can email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Uh, that's not a thing I'm saying. Oh, yeah, sorry. So let's get to Kevin. Uh, We (laughs) talked to him about convenience, public schools, being scared, middle school dances, willpower and discipline, following advice, doing things you love. And hey, we talk about Blake as well. So, man, Blake just gets talked about a lot. I'm sure he's super thrilled. (laughs) Joining us on the Simply Human podcast for the second time, welcome to the. the exclusive club of return guests. <laughs> Kevin Geary is on the show. He's an eating psychology expert, founder of RebootedBody.com, host of the Rebooted Body podcast, and as I just mentioned, two-time uh, participant, guest, is probably a better word for that, of the Civil Human podcast. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Glad to be back. Uh, Rick, are you, on, are you still with us? Yes, I am. I'm okay. just moving rooms to get a better signal because this is a struggle for me. I, I have some exciting news, Rick. 
Okay. I have a, a place where I can do my podcast now, uh, a permanent location where I can leave all my stuff out. Isn't that exciting? Well, that's great news. I'm sure Kevin's very excited to hear this. Yeah. Moving up. Yeah. Well, it's a it's this old desk that my wife like brought in from the I don't even know, some antique store and it's in the corner. So she's like shoved me in the corner. So it's been a long it's been a long time, Kevin. What have you been up to since the last time you were on the show? Uh, staying busy, staying busy. We are working on developing a brand new program and then we're going to be restructuring our other program a little bit. And we have just been growing and attracting more people and still pumping out podcast episodes, still pumping out articles and and all that good stuff. But, uh, a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. Tell everybody the rebooted body podcast. It's on iTunes. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming Stitcher as well. Um, to get, talk about your podcast a little bit. Yeah, so I do a podcast that I try to release um, once a week, but right now with developing the other course and having a five-month-old who is teething and yeah. going through all other sorts of stuff and you know me operating on like four hours of sleep, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's taken a little bit of a backseat, um, but we have a couple new uh, episodes lined up that are going to be really, really interesting. Uh, but my, my podcast basically is a mix of interviews and some monologues and some presentation-style shows like some documentary style stuff oh, cool. it's um it's a good mix so it's it's very entertaining and uh, i encourage everybody to go listen yeah as as do we so please uh, if you're listening to this go check out his podcast um several things that i wanted to get to and we'll just see how many of these we can uh, we can make it through the first one uh, is really it's an article i don't know if if your articles are listed uh, in order of like most recent they are if so then this most the, the most recent article is about uh, sort of the comfort zone mentality. Yes. Uh, let's just dive right into that because I'm I'm a big proponent and always have been. Rick always makes fun of me for you know I do uh, taking, for a variety of reasons, but to this specifically, yeah, for taking <laughs> taking cold showers and 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 being exposed to cold and and warm and and not you know being just as you know getting. Eh, you know, driving through somewhere and getting food and eating it in the car and just this sort of life of convenience and comfort isn't, you know, it's great, like, you know, for for the people that just, you know, our brains are, are wired to, to save energy. So our brains right. sort of drive us yeah. to do this thing. Let's talk about why getting out of your comfort zone can be a positive benefit. Well, I think being in your comfort zone is where most people are, and they do it for safety purposes. And there's, you know, there's a long, I guess, history of probably why they act that way. And I, I a lot of times attribute it back to just the model that we grow up in. I mean, if you look at public school, for example, I think most, most people go to public school. Uh, and I'm just talking about America. I know there's listeners all over the world and you're going to get emails about how that's not how it works over here. Well, Rick, um, Rick went to the most prestigious private school in the, uh, North Dallas area. So I did not, I went Rick, to a public school where oh. like 20 kids got arrested one day for heroin. So well, yeah, that, was, exactly that was my school. I was the heroin school. Excuse me. No, we both were, I think, okay. but continue. Yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, so you're in you're in this public school model where a lot of attention is paid to grades and performance, uh, but not really standing out from the crowd. Like you know, bullying is is a pretty 
big epidemic. Like if you, if you kind of are the person who raises the hand and answers the questions and you know, you're labeled as a teacher's pet. And then if you go do something over here, you're kind of categorized as that. And, and some group is going to bully you about that. And it's just very safe a lot of times to like not really be seen, uh, not really be heard. And that's the same kind of parenting paradigm that's going on. You know, the classic kind of 50s parenting uh, model was children should be seen and not heard. And um, you didn't want to speak up. You'd always get in trouble for acting like a child. And so everybody kind of learns as, as they grow up to just kind of find like a lane and stay in it. Uh, and they do that with career paths and they do that with uh, health and fitness, right? And anytime you start to feel like you're breaking out into uncharted territory, your brain starts to come into the picture and say things like, now you've, you've got to get back in your lane. That's too dangerous. We need to stay where it's safe. And the problem is, is that lane, there's, there's no real happiness in that lane. And if you're staying in that lane out of fear and out of um, just comfort, right, uh, you're really living an inauthentic life. So you're not going to get the most out of life. You're not going to get the things that you really, really want. And that's really the big problem with the comfort zone. And it, it stops a lot of people from starting things that would really benefit them. And then it also causes a lot of self-sabotage as well. Just like I said, with regard to, so we could use somebody who has um, been obese their entire life for an example. If they really start to achieve success, a lot of times they get scared of that success. Like this is, abnormal to them. They've yeah. never been not obese and it comes with a lot of different types of attention and so on and so forth. So their, you know, parts of their personality can say, oh, hold on. This is not really the path we should be going down. This feels dangerous. This feels way too different. And then they start self-sabotaging. So there's a lot of kind of uh, angles to this, but that's the big one. What do we mean by self-sabotaging? Because I hear that term uh, thrown around a lot in the context that you're using it in. But what, what does that mean specifically to you? It's, it's behavior that's antithetical to your goals. And you kind of realize that it's antithetical to your goals, but you can't really stop yourself from doing it. Or a lot of times it's you don't realize it. So you attribute it to other external factors, but really you're doing it to yourself. Hmm. Like I, I definitely see your point about like uh, – staying in your comfort zone because of, uh, of safety. I'm one of those people that, uh, I like to get into my routine. And if I'm out of my routine, like waking up a certain time, doing this certain time, doing this in this order, if I, something gets thrown, a wrench gets thrown into that, then I feel uncomfortable and I naturally seek the comfort of a routine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's part of kind of the process of getting out of the comfort zone, too, is is working on implementing flexibility in your life and letting go of some routines and letting go of always having a plan B, C, D, E, F, etc. You know, so um, starting to kind of get comfortable with a little bit of chaos is a good kind of step in the right direction. Talking to you about this today is good for me specifically because not to not counting any chickens before they hatch. But right now I'm a police officer. I work overnights and weekends and I'm interviewing tomorrow as we record this. I'm interviewing tomorrow for a position that's a lot different than what I've been doing. It's uh, daytime hours. It's more in an office desk type of work. And so I'm already entering into this. Like I'm excited about it and I really, really want the position, but I have some trepidation because I'm 36. 
of my entire adult life, I've never worked a normal schedule. I've never done this kind of work. And so on one hand, I'm like, man, I can't, I, I really hope I get this. I hope I do well uh, in my interview and I hope they pick me. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do if I have to wake up at this time? And, but then <laughs> my body tells me, so like it's all messed up in my brain. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, actually career is a, a big place that people see this kind of self-sabotage stuff happen. You know, you'll have somebody who makes like, we'll just say $50,000 a year and they, they really want to make, uh, you know, $100,000 a year. They set that as a goal. And for some reason, every time an opportunity comes along, kind of like the one you just described, where maybe there's a big pay increase, but there's some fear there and they find some way to like let the opportunity slip through their fingers where like if they had just actually acted on the opportunity, they would have easily got it. But they find all these different ways, whether they, they wake up late that morning, they miss the interview, or you know, it's, it's something. It's always something that causes the opportunity to slip through their fingers. And then they have this idea of, oh, you know, it's just all these external factors. My alarm clock didn't go off, this and that. But they're really doing it to themselves to avoid getting out of their comfort zone. And, of course, they stay always making $45,000 a year. And they just think, oh, well, that's just me. You know, this is kind of the ceiling that I'm stuck at. But really, it's them acting against themselves. Do you think there's an element of, you know, like we talk about, you know, walking isn't, a, you know, people think, oh, if I walk a lot, I'll burn a lot of calories. Like, no, like the, the benefit of walking isn't always understood. It's just the fact that we are designed to move a lot like this and your, and your body works, your brain works better, your hormonal system works better, your, your respiratory system, cardiovascular, everything works better when you're doing things that you're designed to do. So as we are, you know, uh, sort of forcing ourselves into, I guess, chaos or out of that comfort zone, a lot of times, okay, maybe I can't explain exactly why that's good, but there's this element that we're supposed to sort of do that a lot so that you get a benefit from that. Is that Does that make any sense? It does. It. I think it's, again, going back to flexibility, being able to go with the flow and doing things even though there's fear there. Like if you analyze a situation and say, look at the massive benefit that could come from this, uh, but then at the same time you say, all right, here's some risks, a lot of times the benefits greatly outweigh any risks and people still don't take action for some reason just because they they almost like magnify the risks in their mind uh, and then they just do nothing because that feels safer. Um, so I think, like you said, just getting into routine of, okay, I acknowledge there's some risks, uh, but I'm going to go do this anyway and see what happens. You do this over and over and over again and you start to realize that your brain tends to magnify the risks and usually minimizes the benefits. So you're really being tricked into not doing a lot of things. And just that practice of saying, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. You know what, I'm going to do it anyway. You know what, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to take the risk. You start to learn that your brain works like that. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, that was fine when, uh, you know, in life and death situations or where you really didn't have all the information that kept you alive. Yeah. But in so much of today's modern society, it really keeps you oppressed. Yeah, the same. I mean, you can make the same arguments and the same points in nutrition or movement or anything. But uh, 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 like a, a junior high dance comes to mind in this, uh, Rick. Um, hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you, okay, you've got these. Mark is always thinking about junior high kids dancing. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, know what that is. Yeah, so you've got, you've got like the, you know, the line of junior high boys over on this, this wall and in their brains, it's like, okay, I have two choices here. 
I can I can go ask that girl that I like to dance, or I can go out into the dance floor and and just and dance, or I can just stand here in the corner. Like, yes. the, the easier choice That's... is standing in the corner. That's the more comfortable choice. But like, who who's gonna like? Whose life is going to be better in the long run? Like the kid, it's the kid. Right. Where, like, where, where are you going to achieve happiness standing in the corner? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you have these massive benefit, the, the potential of massive benefits of like, all right, you go, you get to dance with somebody. Maybe you start a relationship. Maybe, you know, these great things happen and you have these life experiences uh, versus, again, going back to your brain, looking at the potential risks and magnifying those. Like, I, I think if you interviewed um, that, that middle schooler, they would say, wow, if I get rejected, like, especially in front of all these people, like my life is over, you know, but we know as adults, like in the context of things, nobody ever is going to remember any of that. Like the, right. the real risk of going and doing that is all, pretty much zero. Yeah. Right. Right. So, but to them in their brain, it's everything at that moment. Yeah. So that's exactly how it works in many different parts of life. And I know Rick has told me on several occasions that, man, he wishes he could go back to junior high because he would just have all the chicks. Remember <laughs> you, you, we laugh about he that. He would do things like, so differently, right? I very specifically, like in the you know the the example that you're putting forth, I was very much like a if I went to the dance at all, like a stand in the corner because uh, it feels safer to stand in the corner and it's less painful than if I were to go out there and ask whatever girl to dance and she rejected me. So I'm choosing the path that my brain is telling me is less pain, but I'm also like if you look at the risk reward, you know that balancing out. Well, if you choose way less risk, then you're also choosing the potential for way less reward. So you're just kind right. of there, flatlined, instead of saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to put myself out there, and if I do achieve what I'm looking for, then, man, I'm going to be so happy, and I'm, all this great stuff's going to happen. Oh, but what if, what if, what if, what if? And so you're right. I mean if I did – that's the one thing. Like I love being a father of two boys. They're eight and, eight and five. When my eight-year-old gets old enough to do this stuff – that's really what I'm going to try to impart upon him is, hey, listen, I remember very closely what it was like to be in junior high and be afraid of stuff like that. And it's not just girls. It was afraid of, oh, I'm going to try out for the basketball team, but I suck and they're going to laugh at me <laughs> and all this stuff. Like uh, impart upon him like, hey, listen, yeah, you might fail, but you also might succeed. So let's think about what happens if you succeed rather than being scared of what happens when you fail. Well, the worst thing that can happen <laughs> if you're at the high school dance and you walk over to the girl that you had your eye on and you say, hey, you want to dance? The absolute worst thing that could happen is she goes, no. Yeah, that's it. Right. Okay, like, cool. She's not going to say no and then like take a sledgehammer and hit you in the nuts. She's not going to yeah. say no and then like stab you in the ribs and kill you right there. She's going to say no and you're going to be like, oh, right. man. And then like in 10 minutes, you're going to be over it. Yeah. 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 So basically, and I'll just, so I'll, you know, you might take, somebody might take this as an insult probably. Uh, but I think a lot of adults are in mental middle school, you know, yeah. like it yep. just in terms of how they're approaching their entire, so they look back on that and say, man, I was so like scared in, in middle school. And they don't realize they're doing the exact same thing now yep. with so many different parts Absolutely. of their life. Well, and it's like you, your time as a young person, as a you know, young kid, as a teenager, that's your time to get steered into the path, like the correct path for adulthood. And if you're never breaking out of that in junior high, then you're going to be following that same path all the way yeah. up until adulthood. If you never make the conscious decision to change and be on a more, I don't know what, I don't want to call it the right path, but you know what I'm saying, to do things better. Yeah. Well, and Kevin, this is a good segue into, you know, you said a word earlier and Rick just sort of alluded to it, is it getting in the habit or you said routine. Uh, yeah. Let's let's sort of 
change gears and start talking about okay, so how how can we make that those kinds of choices part of a deal where we don't have to really think about it? And I know something else that you're you're really big into is, is something that I've talked about too. It's like you know, willpower and discipline shouldn't shouldn't be in the equation of a healthy lifestyle. Like that, you shouldn't have to use willpower to eat human foods. Like it, you should you know you should be able to phase that stuff out after a while. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah, so I guess if we look at why most people, um, just talking about why people fail at health and fitness, why is the failure rate so high? Uh, and then there's, of course, the non-starting rate, like the rate of people who just sit on the fence and they don't want to start. They've started in the past, but they've had so many failures kind of rack up over the years um, that they're afraid to start again. And in terms of that fear, it's really all just manufactured fear. Like they, they think that, oh, if I do it again, I'm going to fail again. Uh, and, and that's true probably if they do the same thing that yeah. they've done in the past. But if they're, for example, I know you guys and, and myself, we're big on transitioning people to real food and more functional movement, getting away from the dieting model. If someone is sitting on the fence looking at us propose that and they have fear that they're going to fail again – that's only a legitimate fear if they've actually tried this model before. Right. Like if they've tried real food, they've tried functional movement, they've tried ditching the dieting principles. If they haven't done that, then it's an irrational fear, right? Because right? they're trying something different. It's going to produce a different outcome. So for the people that are starting and still struggling, and so I talk about this as just consistency, like trying to align their behavior with their good intentions. They have these great intentions of getting a body in life they love, and for some reason, their behavior does not align consistently with those intentions. And there's a lot of reasons why this happens. Um, so the first one, we'll just get this one out of the way. Uh, if they're are following the conventional dieting model, which is why this is destructive, that advice is very antagonistic. So it works against your biological and psychological programming. You are not programmed to be a calorie counter. You are not programmed to try to portion control yourself. You are not uh, programmed to eat less and move more. That is, not, that is completely against your biological programming. Right. So if you continue to institute these principles, your inner rebel, which is this part of you that is designed to protect you against oppression, is going to stand up and say, this really sucks. Stop doing this immediately. In fact, it would be great if you just kind of rejected all of these rules completely and went on a binge right now. And that's what happens for a lot of people. So they use this idea of willpower and discipline, and they make it four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. It's different for everybody. Some people have more willpower than other people. They make it this little bit of time in the context of things, and then it all comes unraveled. It usually ends in a binge, or they just say, I fell off the wagon. They completely go back to their old lifestyle, and that's because they were following antagonistic advice. So the first step is always to follow amicable advice. That is advice that works with your biological and psychological programming. So once you do that, it starts to kind of calm down your inner rebel. Okay. Huh. So that's like the main, that, that would be one of the main things. Yeah. It's On like top, if, some, well, if somebody's giving you advice and they're like, all right, you have to uh, mow your grass uh, with hand clippers every day. Like you're not, you're like, no, I'm not right. doing that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to follow that advice. Yeah. So, uh, so it's finding that, finding that. When we talked about it with uh, Aaron McKenzie last show or two shows ago about finding a, a program, a movement program that'll stick for you, but that goes for everything. Find find uh you know find things that 
follow people that are telling you doing to do things that you know you know you're going to do. Yeah, and if you look at this in terms of fitness, um, I don't know. Last time I was on, if I talked about. Uh, the Dwyalt philosophy or not, the DWYLT, do what you love today. But you can see this in in fitness and movement practices. A lot of people follow P90X, like it's very popular, right? So they're in this habit of putting in a DVD and, and doing this hard workout or insanity, you know, like one of these beach body programs. And really deep down, they don't, they don't enjoy this. Like they, they'll enjoy it for the first few weeks because it's new and it's exciting and what everybody else is doing it, whatever. But after a while, they don't really enjoy it anymore. And they're finding that I'm having to use willpower. I'm having to use discipline to make this happen. And then eventually they just fall off the wagon and they're not doing P90X anymore. And really they're not doing anything else either. Um, so if you switch over and say, all right, look, I'm, I'm only going to do things or the majority of my movement practice is going to be centered around things that I really enjoy doing. And this kind of goes back to the comfort zone because some people will say, I don't have any physical activities that I love to do. All right. So you are a human being and you have nothing physical that you enjoy doing. That tells me you are drowning in your comfort zone tub, as the article talks about, right? right? Like branch out, let's go find a physical activity that you love and, and that inspires you. So for myself, it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It is uh, rock climbing from time to time, swimming. And again, I'm not doing this stuff all the time. It's on my list of things that I love to do. Yeah. Tennis is another one. So let's say I'm on like a tennis kick right now. Like I'm really into tennis. So I'm playing tennis a few times a week and then I'm supplementing with maybe one day of sprinting. So I call this like supplemental movement or I'm lifting heavy things, doing a little sandbag workout every now and then. It doesn't require any willpower or discipline for me to go play tennis. Zero, none, nada. Right. If I wake up in the morning and say, I don't want to play tennis today, you know what you I do? I look at don't. my list and I pick something else. Do I right. want to do rock climbing today? Do I want to do any of these other? I have about 10 activities on my list. Do I want to do any of these other things on my list? And I just pick a different one, something that I'm inspired to do. And again, I can do this for the rest of my life with zero willpower, zero discipline. So this is just an example of switching from an antagonistic strategy, P90X, something that's a workout that I don't like doing to an amicable strategy, activities that I love to do. I'm going to get made fun of for this, uh, Probably. Rick. Um, yeah. But I will say, when I was doing, I did seven years of the, um, you know, the, the triathlons and the marathons and all that, and you have these very, I, I kept myself to a very rigid schedule. Um, there would be days that I did not feel like riding for 60 miles or, you know, I, I didn't feel good, or I, but I did it anyway. I made yeah. myself do it because it was on the training log. And I think that was one of the reasons my body physically burnt out. And I believe that I also mentally burnt out because of that factor right there. Whereas now, mountain biking talk, um, <laughs> I love mountain biking. I've like, gotten into it. I've been so like depressed lately because every time like it's almost ready, it's dry, drying out, it rains again. I have to wait another week. And it's just like I'm dying to go. I have – so this is – Mountain biking, we'll cover the two topics that we've talked about so far. So I love doing it. I you ha, like I I don't have to force myself to go. I if anything like I I go when I should probably be doing other things, um, like you know uh, watching my kids or something. <laughs> and and it Father is Father of the Year. Yeah, and it is. 
it is exhilarating. You talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Like when you're coming up on a technical spot, which you've, you know, I crash all the time. I crash so hard that I bent my wheel one time. And like, there's a little, you get a little butterflies in your stomach. Like, okay, like you get a little adrenaline rush going down these big hills. Like, man, if I fall, I'm going to be, I'm going to hurt myself. And so you, so it's something I love to do, but it's also getting me out of my comfort zone. And I think there's a there's a twofold benefit. Well, there's many benefits. I'm out. You're outside. You're in nature. There's all these good things that you're doing. But uh, but yeah, I think that's you know finding something that you don't have to think about doing. You just like cannot wait to go do them. Yeah, and you know yoga is one of them, right? And yeah. even even something as simple as yoga. Do you know how many people are out there who don't start yoga, even though they they like the idea? of doing yoga and they say, wow, I'd love to add that to my list, right? They don't go do it because they're just afraid to take the first class. Like they're afraid to look silly. They're afraid that they're going to look like they don't know what they're doing. And going back to that middle school mindset, like as if somebody in the yoga class is just going to stop doing their poses and just point and start laughing at them. Like, you idiot. Yeah. Or if when you're trying to get into like warrior two, like you accidentally fart and then everyone laughs at you. That's my, that's why I won't do it. Oh, well, uh, there that, you go. So there's always right. something, right? Well, and, and uh, I have an example of, you know, uh, Blake Lewis, who's been on the show Rick, a couple of times. Um, he has severe dyslexia. And I think I might've even talked about this before on the show, but it, it forced him at an early age to ask questions. Like if somebody's, you know, you're sitting in class and everybody else who's kind of, you know, in the mold and their understanding and they would, you know, like, where, you know, somebody without dyslexia might raise their hand or feel stupid raising their hand and saying, can you explain that again? Be- thinking, oh, everybody, everybody understands this. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to raise my hand. He, he wouldn't care about that. He, he was trained to raise his hand and say, hang on, I, I don't understand that. Explain that to me until I can understand it. And he, he programmed his brain to do that. And now he's one of like the smartest guys like uh rick he he's an orthopedic surgery sales rep and he went up to this conference it's like nationwide conference and they they did this test all the sales reps and across the country did a test to see who like knew their products the best and he he was the he had the top score in the entire nation because he well, does that's really, that's, it's really interesting that you're talking about salespeople doing this because many moons ago uh I had a job for three months selling insurance door to door, which is about as much fun as it sounds. <laughs> and I failed miserably at it. Uh, it was really, it, it was the first job I could get. I needed a job and it, you know, whatever, but, uh, I failed miserably at it. And the reason I failed at it wasn't because I couldn't sell insurance. I feel like if I got that job right now, I would do a decent job at it. It's because I was afraid to knock on the door yeah. because I'm not kidding you. If you knocked on 20 doors and 19 people said, you know, go F off. And one person said, yeah, come on, let, let me hear your pitch. You're a success. For being your success. <laughs> right. If you sell an insurance policy to one out of 20 people, you're a humongous success. But it, I wasn't thinking about the one out of 20. I was thinking about the 19, 19. out of 20. Yeah. And so I ended up just sitting in my truck in a church parking lot listening to ESPN radio all day <laughs> playing games on my phone and not making any money. And so it, it's it, this you say it a lot, Mark, that uh, human beings are designed for variability. That's the phrase that you use. Yeah. And it's just, this is an interesting conversation because it's not just nutrition advice. It's not just movement advice. It's not just enjoying life advice. It, it encompasses every aspect of, of what we would think is a, a, a well-rounded person. And so many of us still don't do it. And I'm including myself in that. I'm scared. I, I do not like getting, I don't like going a different route to work. Like if I'm looking at my map and the way I take is, is full of traffic, I'm like, oh God, oh God. Like I'm scared <laughs> to death of like driving somewhere and getting so hopelessly lost that I can't find out where I am. That's crazy. What is wrong with me? Like, uh, but I know 
that this is these are kind of the keys to living like a more successful, well-rounded life. So what I would suggest there too, because I noticed when you described that, you described yourself the way a lot of people describe themselves. Uh, so you'll say something like, "What's wrong with me?" Right? Yes. And so there are people who identify as like perfectionists, like I already mentioned, or people pleasers, things like this. Right? It's very important for people to not classify themselves as a whole as that thing, because really that's not how the human mind works. So if you are a perfectionist, for example, uh, you have a part of you that is a perfectionist. And then there are other parts of you that don't care at all about perfectionism. Sorry, just self-censored. I didn't know if we're allowed to cuss or not. But uh, well, I would bleep it out. So I appreciate you. Uh, keeping, <laughs> Saving keeping... of the work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So in terms of taking a different route, when you say like, what's wrong with me? It's not, there's nothing wrong with you. There's a part of you, a small part of you that is afraid to do that, right? So actually like digging down and finding out what that part is, why it's there, why it's speaking so loudly is really important. But if you classify yourself as, oh, I'm broken, like as a whole, or I'm a perfectionist, or I'm a people pleaser, then you're kind of like relegating yourself to that conclusion. And it's very difficult to heal from that. Whereas if you say, oh, there's just a small part of me that is happening right now to speak louder than the other parts of me, uh, then you can really start to get to work on solving that challenge. So that's just so what, like one small example. So what you're saying, this is not like uh, me specifically. This is not like a personality, uh, I don't know, uh, like a negative part of like who I am no. as a person. This is an issue of conditioning. Like you have to condition yourself and work to do it this way all the time. And then at some point well, it becomes your new normal. Let's use the example of the, the middle schooler who's afraid, right? So um, let's say that that middle schooler has been bullied for something. And then so that person grows up and they get into a very similar situation. And so it's, it's like that middle schooler is inside of them sounding off alarm bells, right? So it's not mm -hmm. that person as a whole that is afraid to take action. It is that part of them. And it's always a positive part, even though it's causing maybe destructive outcomes in your life. It's a positive part of you, like to that little middle schooler part of you, it is doing its job of protecting you from that ever happening again. Now, it may be totally irrelevant at this time, right? So it leads you to not doing something, which is a destructive outcome because you don't achieve your goals, you don't achieve happiness. But really that part of you, it shouldn't be seen as a negative thing because it has your best interest in mind. So if we can just seek to understand why it's speaking so loudly right now, then we can attempt to address that. And what happens is like once it's heard, and once you've kind of figured out why the alarm bells are going off and is that really like a rational response to this situation and you can kind of talk yourself through it as an adult now, then it starts to silence itself and you start to free yourself from its influence. And then you can be more authentic in the world with your behavior because that's not your authentic self that's deathly afraid of doing X, Y, or Z. It's just that little part of you. Your authentic self would rationally balance the uh, benefits with the risks and make the, the, the best decision based on that calculation. But if you're influenced by this other part of you, 
that really doesn't have all the facts. It's just acting out of emotion, sounding alarm bells. That's inauthentic behavior. So we kind of got to separate that and not not say it's me entirely. That's the problem here. Kevin, this has been awesome. We are we are out of time um, and we only got to two topics, but I think they were important two topics. Um, So I really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, let's do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. We'll do. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Kevin. All of his information, RebootedBody.com, everything like that is in the show notes. Um, we also have there, he, that article about the comfort zones is also in, uh, in the show notes. I received an email. Uh, Add that yeah. clip to the – that's the perfect yeah. kind of clip for the brag. I received an email. I received yeah. an email. A, a guy emailed me and said, hey, well, first I got a, a payment for a consult, a 30-minute consult, which we're doing on the uh, – you can go to the simplyhumanlifestyle.com and check it out. So I get this payment, and then I immediately get an email from this guy, and he was like, hey, um, my, my girlfriend and I are both fans of the show. Her birthday is on June 5th. Uh, I got her this consult for her birthday. Can you email her on her birthday? And and tell her. And I was like, oh man, heck yeah, I love birthdays. Like I was like, you want me to send her something? I'll send her like a handwritten card and like a picture of myself. You know, like all that. He was like, no, 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 an email's fine. Um, you don't have to go overboard. And so I emailed her on on the fifth on her birthday. It's like, hey, I think I said like roses are red, violets are blue. Your awesome boyfriend Jason bought a simple so console <laughs> just just for you, something like that. So. Um, and so she responded, "Hey, thanks for the for the poem, whatever." And then she write, "Yeah, he actually uh, proposed this week or this weekend, and it had something to do with farting or something." And I was like, "Okay, we need to have you on." So Jason is who is we're about to talk to Jason, uh, who we're talking to tonight, and he's going to tell us I don't know the engagement story that has to do with farts. So we'll see how it goes. Here's Jason. <laughs> Joining us on the Humans Being Human segment, super excited to have Jason on the show, and we mentioned it in the hot dog segment, uh, how uh, we, we he reached out to us, but let me ask you this, how did you come upon the Simply Human podcast? Actually, it was from uh, Holly, from my girlfriend. So like, how did she hear about it? I have no idea. When we got together, she we had several podcasts we were all listening to, and she uh, she just showed me this one, and I, we've just been listening ever since. Sweet. Well, okay, so um, you said girlfriend a second yes. ago. Is that – but she's no, not, your, she's not <laughs> your girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, which is like the weirdest <laughs> word. Why Why are all the words in English, and then we have to say fiancé? Right. Like, that's like weird. some weird French word. It's like it's like the other thing I think about whenever uh, uh, they say, like, oh, it's the Tour de France. Yeah. Oh, it's summertime. It's the tour. Who's winning the Tour de France? Like, no, no, no. We say France over here. You say yeah. Tour de France. It's not France. France. Right. Anyway. Okay, so it's just funny. So <laughs> you emailed me, asked me if I could email Holly on her birthday, which was on Sunday the 5th. And I emailed her on her birthday. And she replied to my email, hey, thanks for the email. Um, we're like he asked me to marry him this weekend. It involved farting. And that was all she said. So right. there was no, like, like when I, the first thing I asked you, like you, you, an, you answered, I was like, I was starting to congratulate you on the uh, engagement. But then I was like, wait, she didn't ever say 
if she, if you know what happened, she might have said no, and this is going to be really awkward. So she said yes, obviously. Yes. So yes, what was it? Yes. So how long have you been dating? What? Tell us the whole story. So we've been dating for a year and a half. Okay. Um, and I was so I've been planning. I've had the ring for about a month and a half or so. So I've been kind of like thinking about the right time to do it. Yes. So her birthday's coming up, and and we've got this camping trip, and I'm like, this is this is perfect. It's perfect. You know, we'll be out in the middle of nature. Birthday this is what we camping both trip. Yes. And so we, uh, I don't know if you've seen in Houston, we've gotten these like crazy floods recently. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So it was like almost going to be like we're going to have to reschedule it. Yeah. And I was like, no, I want to, I want to propose, <laughs> I want to get this over with. Let's do it. So we. We make the trip. We go out there. It's just outside of Austin. Okay. Where? Where did you go? Uh, Pacebin Park. Yeah, cool. I was at uh, – in. Bur- we talked about it at the beginning of the show. I was in Burnett um, uh, on Memorial Day. like, And I, I could see Buchanan Lake and Inks Lake or Lake Buchanan, okay. I guess. Uh, so that was north of Austin. You were probably south of Austin. Yes. Yeah. I believe so. Cool. Okay. So yeah, we make the trip up there and the, the weather, you know, we set up camp and you know, I've got the ring in my pocket the whole time. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I'm like, Oh, when is, how am I going to do this? How often were you like checking your pocket to make sure like the box the or whatever, it was the still in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyways, we, we set up camp and everything and I'm checking the, the radar and there's this giant storm coming and it starts, oh, no. uh, the, you know, we're starting to get rain and we're like, Oh man. So we, we jump in the tent, and by the time we get in there and kind of situated, uh, hey Jason, hang on one second. Let me. Yeah, I'm, okay. gonna, I'm gonna add Rick in before you. Okay. I want you to pause right there. Let's see if this will okay. work. Okay. So we get in the tent. The it's like one of those you know really windy storms with tons of rain, and we're sitting. Uh, the lightning's happening all around us. Oh my know, gosh. We were both, both really excited, but we we're like kind of scared at the same time. And for some reason, I'm like, all right, this is a good time. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we're both. Well, you mean, you're the, like you're like I better get it over with because we're both about to die. <laughs> yeah, we might get blown away. So we're both looking at the front of the tent in the window, and I'm like, I tell her, I'm like, hey, let's look out of the back of the tent. So she goes to look out of the back of the tent, and when she turns around to do that, I'm behind her, with uh, on my knee, with the ring open like a box has the LED in it, uh, the light. Right, right. So I'm sitting there. And she's, I, I get the ring out. I open the box. I'm on one knee. She's looking at the back tent, and I'm right behind her. And she's waiting me for me to join her up there. So, are we talking about? Turn. Is this like a one man tent that y'all are in? Is this like a four it's person small. tent? Okay. It's like a two man, but oh. it's a small two man. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're, uh, so she's sitting there, and I'm like starting to shake because I'm starting to get nervous. And um, she, it, I don't know. It, it felt felt like fifth, like five minutes. So it was like maybe 10 seconds later, she finally turns around and she doesn't look at the ring. She just looks me in the face and I've got this like nervous look on my face. And the only thing she says is, Jason, did you fart? <laughs> so, so you've got the nervous look oh because you're holding the ring, but she doesn't like the ring doesn't catch her eye. Right. She's looking at you and you yes. have this, you're, you're expecting her to look at yes. the, the ring. And yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, so like no quite is, did you fart quite the contrary <laughs> yeah because <no. laughs> she was gonna be mad because we're trapped in the tent in the rain you know what i mean right so she can't go anywhere so um she i i can't respond to that because i don't know how to respond so she's again she's like jason did you fart and i'm like 
look down. Like I've like pointed at the ring. Look down. I no, I didn't fart. I pooped my (laughs) pants. Can you see it? It's look at the stain. Right. (laughs) So she finally looks down, and like the whole thing happened, and she, you know, it was a really special moment. But it was it was pretty awkward there for about. It felt like forever. Oh, I bet it felt like an hour. It was probably it was probably only about. 2.1 2.1 seconds. It was probably yeah. like the shortest amount of time. Well, it's funny. Rick and I were talking about this in the show Open today uh-huh. about how like engagements are now the these kids today. Like you have to hire like a, a videographer and a photographer, right. and the whole family has to be you know hiding yeah, on the yeah. other side of the the, the pond. Uh, you know, like it's like this huge elaborate thing. Whereas you have totally bucked that trend. Right. And you are alone in a tent. There's no one around. There's no videographers. It was a, it was a special, intimate moment right. between two people in a rainstorm in a tent. That. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Hear me clapping? It was yeah. a good time. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, is there like a date set or anything? Or um, No, not yet. So we're going to wait probably in 18 months or so. We'll just okay. kind of see how it goes. All right. Well, yeah. Well, congratulations on well, getting thanks, married. Man. On I wish what you should have done was d- called in and we could have recorded it live. Um, and oh, and yeah. uh, that would have been the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but All you would have heard is, did you fart? Yeah, did you fart? And, oh, my gosh. That would have been the forever. Uh, uh, and remember, <laughs> did you fart? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we marry me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so what, like, how did the rest of the weekend go? Like, Obviously, you didn't die. No, it was great. We had a good time. We went hiking and biking, and uh, it was a good time. Uh-oh. We had a really good time. I'm so glad Rick isn't on the call because you just said biking. You oh, just, yeah, yeah. Did you go mountain biking? We did. Oh, my we gosh. Did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tell me all about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> what kind of bike do you have? Uh, I, so I have a Haro. Okay. A Haro Flightline Comp. Oh, my gosh. And it's, uh, it's, it's probably 10 years old. Okay. But I take pride in the fact that I haven't washed it once. Oh, so it's just a soldier. It's just muddy. It's just yeah, dirty. It's so what kind fight. of uh, what kind of are there like? Is it just kind of like the the hiking trails, or is there like a designated like this is the mountain biking area of this park? So uh, yeah, they're kind of like single track trails, right? Um, so, but but also on there they have um, so you can go mountain biking, um, or you can do like the we can jump up on like the obstacles and. Like the technical um, stuff, the rocks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, I didn't try any of that. Right. Well, that's cool. <laughs> so does she mountain bike too? She does. Yeah. A couple that mountain bikes together stays together. Yeah, that's right. They should uh, make a T-shirt of that. Yeah, I'm like so jealous because my I have mentioned it. Yes, ad nauseum. But like my mountain bike trails are just just they're destroyed. They're like. Even when it dries out, the bridges are all gone and destroyed. And so that's why I was in Burnet. I drove out to – I found a place that had like a mountain bike trail that you could ride in the mud. And it didn't oh, matter. Wow. So I guess that's where you were. Like it didn't matter that it was wet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there aren't like places like that around Abilene. So. Yeah, this is pretty rocky. Very so. cool. Well, have you had – do you have any crash stories? Did you crash ever? Um, oh, yeah. I mean I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Um. No, no really fun crash stories. I mean, yeah. just kind of the average stuff. Right. Kind of going over the handlebars and yeah, just, or just run in the mill, just riding around on the street and <laughs> managed to crash. Yeah. The, the first two times that I fell when I w- wasn't uh, being run over by a car was just one time was in my garage and I was, I was still, 
I wasn't moving. And then the other time was at an intersection in Plano, and I just <laughs> fell. I just fell over. I was stopped at an intersection. So yeah, so that, oh, that's that happens. Great. Awesome. Well, Jason, thank you so much. We are out of yeah. time. This was greatness. Thank you for doing this on short notice. I'm glad that I could be a part of. Uh, your, I'm not going to say your engagement story. That would be a little presumptuous. I'm going to say I was glad to be a part of your engagement birthday weekend. Yeah. Thanks, and man. Then, I, I appreciate you doing it. It was yeah, really cool. Cool. Well, tell Holly to, uh, yeah, I sent her the link. Uh, okay. I think I did to the, the, to set the uh, appointment or whatever, and we'll get the consult done. And that was, a, that's the greatest birthday present anyone's ever given anyone. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All yeah, right. Thanks a lot, man. Jason, I appreciate it. Take care. All right, man. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Jason. I hope you have a wonderful life with your fiance. It's the most generic comment ever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it is now time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week. Something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And th- this week's tip is don't shower so much. Hmm. All right, you can find us online. At <laughs> this is actually comforting because of my weird schedule. Like I get off work. Sunday morning and I had Sunday off. So I got off work Sunday morning and I slept for a couple of hours on Sunday and then got up and we had a bunch of stuff to do. And then I, uh, we went out to dinner Sunday night and I didn't shower and I smelled horrible. And then today is Monday. We're recording this. So I got up and, uh, I ended up doing some, some sprints and I came back and I was like, man, I have got to shower. I feel like I slept (laughs) inside of a dumpster. (laughs) Well, and we can get into, well, we won't, but there's this whole argument about how we just, we clean stuff too much. We're, we're not exposed to enough bacteria and that's why everybody's got all these allergies and everything. That's why I won't clean the house this week. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. So this article, which I'll link to in the show notes is called, uh, so how often should you really be showering? It says over showering can cause adverse effects to hair such as causing split ends while excessive use of product could result in product buildup that's just like your hair um so you know it says are we over are we over showering is there a correct number of showers or baths according to professor steven schumack president of the australasian good day mate college of dermatologists you should only shower when you need to it's only in the last 50 okay, what does that mean well listen he says it's only in the last 50 to 60 years since the advent of bathrooms with showers indoor plumbing that the idea of a daily shower has become commonplace the pressure to do that is actually social rather than like health Related, it's become popular because of the need just to smell good. But it's only, but it's only the glands in your armpit and groin that produce body odor. They're not all over the body. So he recommends maybe just clean, yeah, maybe just cleaning the groin and the armpits. Man, groins and armpits can really smell. So just like wet a washcloth and just do it that way, basically sponge bathe your or just get in the shower and only use soap on the armpits and the I, I wash my I hair. I feel like there might be like an environmental like uh, benefit to this. If we're not taking showers every single day yeah. and we're reducing the water, like that's something that's on my mind is hey, uh, by the way, all my kids are gonna die because uh, we're gonna <laughs> run out of water in like four minutes. So yeah. I don't know, maybe that's something we can do, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So uh Hmm. Uh, there's one other thing I was going to say about showering and soap. Um, yeah, I wash my hair like once every like 10 days. It's just, you just what, what do you put in it? Nothing. Do you like use hairspray or anything? I, no, or you just I, get okay, so just... after I wash it, and, like I went swimming yesterday, so I washed it because you know how it feels when the chlorine is in it. Yeah. So I washed it today and I put like this stuff in it, but like after I put the stuff in it, I don't wash it the next day and then there's still some like, like it's it's not... 
like I just washed it. So after like a week, it's just my, it's just, you know, I wet it and obviously I get it all wet and clean off whatever, you know, the dirt and bugs and things that are in my hair. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I just, yeah. It's like so. a turd that just falls out of your hair. <laughs> and my beard. So anyway, um, don't shower so much people and let's all smell. Uh, I'm going to put this like in the tips of the week next to take an icy cold shower where I'm like, well, and uh, I recognize probably, yeah. but I'm, uh, well, Full, I'll put that on the to-do list well, for the next five years. Full disclosure, I mean, I sh- the only times I don't shower is like if, you know, it's like a Saturday and I don't have anywhere to go. Like if I'm going out in public, like I take, I will take a cold shower, um, but I will shower. Um, hmm. But I use, uh, we use like all natural soap and stuff. So It's made out of bear urine and sap <laughs> bear urine Just sap pressed together yeah that's that's uh, actually bear urine would be too frightening for me um, <laughs> all right well i think that's it right there yes, was something else um when we talk about the revenant there was another uh, oh I, oh so quickly on the facebook Very quickly, on the fa- go. on the facebook page there is a post about the debate we started last week about audiobooks and can you say that you read them uh we've gotten 40 voicemails so far all of them have said you can no, abso- we have not. You, you can absolutely say that you can re- you've read those books so case no, closed have- yeah so actually nope. bull bull yeah. i call bull because i haven't heard a single one of these uh well this is mark trying to pad his uh well his argument here. Go on there and weigh in because we'd love to hear from you. I've, I've talked to lots of people. Jason Sive says you can say you've read them. Michael Walker. You know Michael Walker. Uh, was in sub T. Played football. I saw him this weekend. Yeah. He's a huge Audible guy and he says absolutely you can say that you read them after I'm you. I'm not saying there's not a benefit but that is not reading a book. Well, uh, You're not looking at words. Everyone. You're having someone shout them at you. Shout like Morgan Freeman's <laughs> very pleasing I wish, voice. I wish you would read audiobooks and just like, just like yell them at people. God, we have to write a book and I will do the audiobook version and I will just uh, scream it. Their, every chapter a different funny voice. Listen up you son of a <laughs> I'd like right. to dedicate this chapter to Mark. F you, Mark. <laughs> all right, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Periscope, Twitter, all that stuff. Snapchat is at simplyhuman52. Like us on Facebook. Uh, we really appreciate you making us part of your day. Go listen to the Alt Shift podcast. Uh, those come out on Thursday. Jason and I have been recording those. Um, and uh, if you go to the, the website, the Alt Shift banner is on the main page and it's in the store page. Um, just check it all out. If you have questions, shoot us an email. Um, leave us a review on iTunes again thank you for making us part of your day we really appreciate it and lots of cool stuff coming up Benny Wiley is going to be on the show Marcus Brown uh, Jenny LaBaugh's boyfriend is going to be on the show former professional athlete Uh, a lot of cool things uh, are in store for us so that'll do it for this edition of the Sim Human Podcast and remember Jason did you fart so until next time Rick likes to hmm, clean eggplants Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.